Hi everyone, this is Kevin from Bitpop Banter. Just before we get into this episode, uh, a quick update for you all. Uh, Les in this episode reads out a reminder about the band from episode one that we considered. Uh, thanks to your feedback, we've actually made some changes. So number one, Porous Head and Texas are out. The Britpop gods have deemed these guys outside of the genre, so they're gone. Number two, Lightning Seeds, they've been in here the whole time. Don't know why we haven't read out, so we apologise for that. Absolutely, they are in there. And number three, we've got a whole bunch of new bands, thanks to your feedback. Uh, so Marion, Crashland, Speedy, Geneva, Ride, Rialto, David Devant and his spirit wife, Heavy Stereo, Northern Uproar, Salad, Inspiral Carpets, My Life Story and Kaniki are all new additions to the list that Leslie is about to read out. So with that all done, thank you, enjoy the show. Welcome to Britpop Banter. This is episode two. This is quite exciting. Episode two. Uh, my name is Kevin Dodd. I'm sitting here with Leslie Martin. Leslie. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm very well. Merry like, Christmas. Merry Christmas. We are sitting here on Boxing Day um, and it's, what, 35 degrees today? Yeah, I've got sunburn. And you've got sun. You are badly sunburned. Yeah. You'd think you'd know being Scottish that you and yeah. the sun don't go together. Well, clearly not. It's bad, isn't it, as it's well? You showed, you showed. I'm in a bit of pain. <laughs> Makes me laugh. Anyway, uh, so a couple of plugs, obviously, before we start. So Twitter, at Britpop Banter. Uh, Facebook, we're just at Britpop Banter if you want to leave a post or send us a message. Or email us, BritpopBanter at gmail.com. That comes straight to us. And what we're looking for, any sort of questions, feedback, um, thoughts on the albums that we're covering, or anything that stands out for, for Britpop for you. Um, and we'll kick off with our disclaimer. I've cut it a bit. It was a bit long-winded than the first one. I think I covered oh, everything. But it was nice. It was. It? it was nice, and I feel better for having it in because, especially for this this episode, I'm going to struggle to be. I said I would try and be on the fence. This is a tough one for me, so I, I I'm going to stick behind this disclaimer. So all views expressed on this podcast are 100 our own. And while we poke fun at some bands and artists, we respect their talent and sacrifice to create the albums. That's nice. I think that covers it. It is nice. Uh, I want you keep that in mind today when we're talking about this particular album. Yeah, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. And and you know, the last episode we sort of said, you have to convert me on this album. I have listened to this album pretty much every day since we caught up. And my view has actually gone backwards on it. So we'll talk about that in a second. Um, I You're a see- bit backwards. <laughs> I can see you chomping at the bit already. Um, so look, let's do a quick recap of the, the first one, which was our, our sort of intro. I talked about the 2018 being a great year of music. What I didn't do was sort of cover the majority of the Britpop um, bands. I missed a couple of the names of the albums and, and ratings, so I'll go through that in a second. But I talked about some of the dance albums of this year as well and I missed two that I particularly want to call out I talked about the Orbitals new album I talked about Prodigies the Crystal Methods new album I know you're not a massive fan of them but that album is brilliant if you like Vegas go listen to it and Hybrid's album Light of the Fearless which we both agree immaculate album great album that's what I wanted to call out because it's worth recognising we talked about Electricy uh, easy for me to say um, in the last episode and not many people know that band um, we didn't mention the, the song that actually means so much to, to me and you Les um, the song's actually called Morning Afterglow and it actually sounds a little bit like this now it's not the time to go I feel the morning afterglow and it feels so very strange amazing song like I love that song Great song, loved it. Uh, so I, many memories. If you remember that song and it means something to you, or if you like it, hate it, whatever, just send us an email, let us know. Mm. Um, we were running out of time on the last episode, um, and I sort of flew through the bands that we covered, and I think it was 664. Where's okay. your spreadsheet now, mate? I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have uh. it. Uh, but to be fair, I've got notes. And you do too. I'm impressed. You've come actually doing homework. I did my homework. I always do my homework. I did it last week. <laughs> you didn't know it. It was just in my head. It was... Um, I'm impressed. I mean, I can't read your handwriting. I mean... Look, for who, you to who, read. Who writes these days as well? Anyway, fair play. You've done some homework. We'll go through <laughs> in a second. But what I thought... Why don't you just 
quickly, well, I say quickly, that's what I did last time and probably skipped over some. Um, do you want to take us through very briefly the, the bands that we've covered? Let's not cover what, we, what we've not talked about, but the bands that we have covered. All of them. Well, just, yeah, just do a very, very quick recap of the names of the bands that are in this list of uh, Britpop albums. So we've got Ash, mm-hmm. Audio Web, mm-hmm. The Auteurs, yep. Bernard Butler, yep. Black Grape, yep. Blue Tones, Blur, Boo Radley's. Why, um, why are you taking a deep sigh there? Because it just... Can oh, we, was that on the Boo Radley's? Can we just take it out? No. Okay. Cast, it's too late. I've done all the work. Great. Catatonia. They're not in the top 50, though. Well, does it, that's what my okay. point is that I've done all the, I've listened to their albums and I've bought their albums mm. it's too late to be culling them out now you're right Corner Shop Divine yep. Comedy yep. your favourite Dodgy yep. Dubstar Echo Belly Elastica yep. Electricy Embrace Garbage Jean Gomez Happy Mondays Head Swim Hurricane Number no. 1 yep. Ian Brown James yep. JJ72 Cooler Shaker Long Pigs Cooler Shakar we've talked about that is it? Mm-hmm. Uh Manic Street Preachers, Manson, McCallum yep. Butler, yep. Menswear, Oasis, Ocean Colour Scene, mm-hmm. Paul Weller, Placebo, Portishead, Primal Scream, yes, Pulp, Radiohead, Reef, Seahorses, Shed Seven, Skunk and Nancy, Sleeper Space, Spiritualised, Stereo MCs, mm-hmm. Stereophonics, Stone Roses, started Britpop, <laughs> Suede, <laughs> Super Furry Animals, Supergrass, Supernatural, Terror Vision, Texas, The Charlatans, The Verve, Top Loader, Travis, Ultrasound. Thank you for that. Now, I want to turn the tables on you, Mr One Liner. <laughs> I've never been called that in my life. No, it's, well, it's a fair point. <laughs> um, I'm going to give you... Because I, I was thinking about this um, for the last couple of weeks now. Mm. You clearly set me up with the bands that you asked me because out of all those bands, and they are great, you picked the five that are rubbish. So I'm going to now ask, turn the tables. Okay. I might not be as mean as you, but I'm keen to hear what your thoughts, and I'm sure that our Go listeners on. would be keen to hear okay. your thoughts. Go on then. So I'm going to give you a couple. Go. Go. Paul Weller. Wasn't on my radar as much as yours when we were kids. However, that's my fault for not being into him as you. He is amazing. Towards the end of of the decade, albums sort of lost a bit of their sheen. But you can't go past um, Stanley Road and Wildwood and just tremendous albums. And you discovered them. You were, yes. you were the one that put... That's all you. You put me on to Paul Weller. Thank you, everyone. I hope you heard that. So. <laughs> um, Travis. Uh, the man who redefined who they were as a band. However, I don't think they ever got back to that greatness. I don't think it redefined them. I think it defined them. Okay, yeah. Nothing before yeah, or yeah. after. Good point. Good point. Because if I listen to the, the good feeling... Versus the man who they're two completely different albums. So I think you're right. Thanks. Dodgy. I love Dodgy. Uh, they have some amazing big hits. Grassman for us is one of our favourite songs Great song. ever. Um, and unfortunately, doesn't really get talked about. You never see it in any sort of list, and it is a, an all-time great. Now that is a final hurrah. I asked you last <laughs> week never to say that again. <laughs> Nobody speaks like that. I'd okay. rather you swore than said final hurrah. Well, so, ten Mr. minutes in, no swearing. We're okay. going well. Well done. All right, yep. Um, let's go one more before we kick off. Yep, sure. Supergrass. We have different opinions on Supergrass. Mm-hmm. I love Supergrass. In It For The Money is one of my favourite albums that I, I still listen to on a regular basis. Uh, do you? I do, all the time. I just Brilliant album. I really like Supergrass and... Some of their later albums are fantastic as well, so I've only got good things to say about them. Oh. There you go. You didn't give me anyone bad, I don't think. No, I'm because I'm trying to be nice. You were nice. Thank you for that. I mean, we've still got a few bands to go through, so we'll go through a few of these each. Well, we're about to talk about one of the bands that I don't particularly like. So and that's why just... I left it. Thank you. That's a good point. All right. So um, now that we've gone through the, the list of bands again, um, I just wanted to reconfirm some of our ratings Three simple things. What did the album mean to, to us when we were sort of younger? What's it stand up like today? And then finally, how does what's the sort of average review for that rating? 
um, just because me and Les like an album doesn't mean everyone is sort of else's and we sort of change that, the ratings based on that. So we look at things like Amazon, All Music, Rate Your Music, Discogs, and I just sort of take an average of what that looks like. So what it was, what it is now, uh, and what other people think about the album is sort of the three main uh, ratings. One final wrap up, the albums for sort of the last year, year and a half for some of the bands mentioned by Les. I didn't quickly uh, tell you what the name of the, some of the albums were, so I'll just do a quick recap, and I blame the beer for that. Uh, Ash Island, 7.5 out of 10 was my rating. Reef Revelations, 8 out of 10. Paul Draper, 9 out of 10. Mannix, Resistance is Futile, 8 out of 10. Shed 7, Instant Pleasure, 9 out of 10. Fun album. Uh, Who gave it 9 out of 10? I did. Are I... these your ratings? Yeah, these are mine. Yeah, don't take these into account, people. Stop doing that. What are you speaking into the microphone directly for? That's weird. You can't do it. It's like here. I'm speaking to them privately. <laughs> Uh, Charlatans, Different Days, 8 out of 10 Cast, Kicking Up the Dust, 8 out of 10 Suede, The Bluer, I talked about, 7.5 out of 10 Echabelli, Anarchy and Alchemy, 6 out of 10 That that shows Next week Stop whispering it in the microphone Next week, I will give you my ratings on said albums Oh, yes And it will be, I guarantee you all of them will be 6.5 out of 10 Well, I don't want to ruin it for everybody But it's a a high chance Please keep listening. I might give the odd seven. Oh my god. James living an extraordinary time, seven and a half. Dubstar, uh one, eight out of ten. And Black Grape, Pop Voodoo, eight and a half out of ten. So, so can we just recap? So out of all those albums, what was your highest rating one? Uh Paul Draper No, Embraces, nine and a half out of ten. Because it's an Wow, al- nearly a perfect album. It's almost a perfect album. And I think I deducted half a point because I knew if I gave him 10 out of 10, you would just come at me and be like all embrace, told you so. But you still need to listen to that album. So I'm looking forward to see what you say because you might, if you come in with your six and a half out of 10, it's going to be I hilarious. Um, I would like to, to also comment that Kev will talk a lot about how I introduced him to bands and it took him some time to get on the bandwagon. Oh. That's been a regular theme of our musical journey. Lies. Um, he'll also probably at some point throughout this podcast try and own albums and bands that he listened to first. That will all be a lie. So just putting that out there. Thanks. Anyway, moving forward. I think that... No, no, let's just address that. I think that's only happened about twice. Oh, where please don't. You'll message me, but like, how have you Dirty Vegas. When was that released? That's almost as That's when it all started. Paul Weller, Dirty Vegas, Embrace. Christ, here we go. Um, The Beatles. um, Kev is the only person (sighs) on the planet to actually buy Revolver by the Beatles and take it back to the shop. You couldn't wait to get that. Because he didn't like it. (sighs) I knew you wouldn't let that go. Because I can't let that go. I'd like anyone to email, write in... Go on our Facebook page. Anybody who knows anybody else who bought <laughs> Revolver by the Beatles and took it back to the shop because they didn't like it. That's a good accolade to have, though, being the only person. I'm not sure that is. I. What gets me is I'm glad I just returned it because if I had returned it and exchanged it, you would have never forgotten the name of that album and it, chances are it could have been Terrorvision. You know what I mean? Like I would have, I would have lived to that for forever. But well, you're gonna live it forever anyway, regardless of if you exchanged or not. But you I took it back to your little John Menzies, where you used to work. Bless you. <laughs> they would have been laughing at you. I mean, what did the person behind the counter say? Oh, sh- oh no worries, sir. To be honest, he probably great idea. Probably didn't know who they were. It was probably some spotty sixteen-year-old on work experience. Hopefully, no, it was just you. <laughs> We haven't even started on no. Thomas and you're already having a go. Yeah. All right, okay, so uh, number 50. So we sort of said at the end of the last episode what number 50 was, and we'll, we'll do it again every sort of episode and ask what the next one is. Screamadelica. Now, you were ecstatic by the fact that this got in. Over the moon. Were you, let me ask you this. Yeah. Would you have expected it to come in a top, like number 50 in a top 50 list? Or I would just have happy it, it placed. I would have, been, I would have thought it would have been higher. Really? Yep. Okay, well, and we'll, we'll talk about what rating you gave it and what I did a little bit later. Um, and I've listened to this album a lot, like I said, and I look at the, the list of albums that didn't meet it, didn't get in the top 50, and I would have much rather had that replaced. However, I am extremely rare in this situation. This album, very few people dislike this album. And we'll talk about what sort of some of the reviews it gets and... You know, my struggle to actually find some people who didn't like this album, like I don't. But 
it is universally, I would say, pretty much loved. And it's an iconic album. I don't get it. Tell me. What am I missing? A taste in music. (laughs) (laughs) That's harsh. That's harsh. All right. Well, let's talk about the album. All right. So this was released in 1991. Mm -hmm. We were 11 at this time. Yes. So obviously I had no clue about this album when we were sort of younger. You were not. You were older. Oh, you were 11. I know my age. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for correcting me. Um, All right. So... They had, this is their third album, so they've been around a little while. Uh, the previous item was their subtitle, uh, self-titled uh, Primal Screen album in 1989. Um, and what followed this album was Give Up But Don't Give Up. Uh, number two it got to in 1994. Um, they'd been around for ten years before they released this album. Really? Mm-hmm. You have done your homework. I have. So, um, they were founded in two... 1982, but Bobby Gillespie was also in the band Jesus and the Mary Chain. Didn't know that. He was the drummer. He ah. was the singer in Primal Scream, but he was the drummer in Jesus and the Doesn't Mary Chain. Doesn't surprise me that he was a drummer. And um, he is... And actually, some, one of the other points I'll talk about later on, mm-hmm. there were Primal Scream, Scrimadelica and a Jesus um, and the Mary Chain album were actually both nominated for the same award. Oh, really? At the same time, yeah. Okay. So... Um, so Primal Scream were a key part of the mid-1980s indie pop scene, so, but not particularly well-known. Mm. I think Bobby Gillespie was more well-known for Jesus and the Mary Chain. Okay. Have you ever listened to them? No, never. Really? Never. I'm not Would sure I... you'd like them. Okay. If I didn't like these guys, I'm probably not going to like oh, them. Oh, no, they're very different. Oh, they're okay. very indie. Like, okay. very indie. Okay. Because it was only towards the end of the 80s, early 90s, that Primal Scream started to incorporate... That more dance music element yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobby Gillespie started going to raves. Right. Got a little bit excited at these raves, <laughs> as people do at raves. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Met Andy Weatherall, mm-hmm. and then that's when they came together to actually bring together the Screamadelica album. And okay. this was actually the album that brought them into the mainstream. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, what is it about the album that you don't like? <sighs> I don't think the album knows what it is, and that's my. I don't think it. And I've got a. I've got a quote somewhere in in my notes, which we'll get to in a second. But to me, it doesn't seem like it's a well thought album that progresses, and and at times you have no idea what this album is, and I I, just, I really struggle. First of all, songs are way too long on some of them. Some of the songs are way too short and don't do anything, and I just find it too hard to move between this. Excellent, and some of the songs are excellent. Indie, guitar, punch, and really, really good songs. And then you move into this really slow, plodding, electronic. And don't get me wrong, there are, there are moments of that I, that I move to, and I'll go, I like that. But then it'll repeat itself for three or four minutes, and I'll zone out. And I don't know, I just, I think I don't see it as a well put together album. I have a quote that I want to oh, here we go. read go to on, you. Then. Great. So Pitchfork magazine, so that you know oh, the music I, yeah, magazine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. So they praised the album in a 2003 list of the top 100 albums of the 90s. Okay. And they said, Screamodelica's atmospheric and imaginative hybrid of past, present, and future yeah. captured its moment in vivid colour and splendour, yeah. and it still radiates with a kaleidoscopic glow. Oh, Discuss. That's absolute drivel. <laughs> I'm going to try not to swear um, You know what I do concede That the different styles of music Was some At some Like the fact that they had the, Like I said The guitar songs And then they moved to the sort of Electronic dance songs I, I mean that's ahead of its time To even trial uh, an album Like that I, I understand that And you're talking This is 1991 Right Where they're doing this Again there's a couple of things for this album I just don't like. And we'll get into... When we talk through the tracks, I'll maybe point out bits that I didn't like and why. Look forward to it. But <laughs> I understand why people talk about this album and they feel very strongly about this album. And this might be just me. I don't like it. I don't get it. Right? Um, and it's... I'll tell you what. I'll never listen to this album again. Ever. 
Like, I am so glad we are done with this album and it's gone from our list. I'll never listen to it again. Like Revolver from the Beatles? Never. No, to be fair, I do listen to that album. Oh. I don't own it, so <laughs> I didn't spend any money on it. <laughs> but, you know, maybe it's been, a, it's been a while since I've listened to that album, actually. Um, all right, so let's talk about the, the album in a little bit more detail. Yep. Did you, in your research, find out what the album cover was all about? Um, no, but I did find this information out about the album cover. Go on then. You ready for this? Yeah, go. Because this is fascinating. Okay. So the artwork mm-hmm. was among ten album covers chosen by the Royal Mail. I saw this, yeah. For a set of classic album cover postage stamps yep. issued in January 2010. If only... They knew. I had bought some. <laughs> I would have sent you your Christmas card every... <laughs> <laughs> Went back to the UK just so I could post it. Oh God! And to be, do you think they knew the the sort of the behind the album cover? Like anyone sort of who came up with that idea and putting that stamp forward knew where it actually came from? No, but it looks a bit psychedelic. I'm assuming there's drugs involved. That is a very very good guess. So painted by Creation Records in-house artist Paul Cannell. He was allegedly inspired by a damp water spot he'd seen on the Creation Records office ceiling after taking LSD. (laughs) So do you think the Royal Mail sort of did their due diligence on the background of that cover? Not sure. Uh, Look, it's an iconic cover. Like, if that's one of the things, even though I'm not, like I said, a big fan of this album, I know that album cover. And I think you see it in every sort of top listing around albums. So it it does stand out um, to me. I, I am concerned for the person, Paul. I, I, if that's what you see when you're taking LSD, that's, that's a problem. And you're at work, Paul. <laughs> like, you're at work, mate. So, um, that's that, to me, that's the bigger problem. What people do in their spare time yep. is up to them. Good Not that I condone it. Yep. However, at you're work. at work, Paul. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. I didn't pick up on that. It's a very good at observation. Work. Yeah, I know. Um, did you do much info into the to the record label itself? Do you know the record label? I do because it's the same one as um, yeah. Oasis, yeah, Alan McGee. Well Alan McGee's, and yeah. Because he, he was the one that um, spotted Oasis at King Tut Wawa's. That's right, he did in too. Glasgow. He did. He is a bald-headed ginger Glaswegian who's done quite well for himself. Yeah, okay. I mean, all of those three things together don't really stand out for somebody to be successful. <laughs> but he's managed it. So, well done. Well done, Alan. Cheers, Alan. <laughs> uh, do you know some of the other bands that Alan had on record? I'm staying well clear of that one. Um, send your hate mail to ripopbanter at gmail.com. Attention, Leslie. Um, I tell you what, Alan McGee, other bands, Oasis, obviously, is, is most famous for Primal Screen, Hurricane Number no. 1, The Super yep. Furry Animals, Bernard Butler, so obviously he picked Bernard, Bernard up after um, Suede, and... The Boo Radleys. You can thank Alan McGee for the Boo Radleys. Did he say He did. It? He did. He's got some albums with them. I think he did the King Size album as well. Alan, Alan, Alan. <laughs> He's, that, that praise you were heaping onto him suddenly has, has re- go on, go on, disappeared. Go on. Yep. Do you know much about this Andrew Weatherall? Because I don't. Um, and so he's, yeah, he's one a of the producers. Yeah, electronic producer. I'm surprised. I don't know how him. I've missed him. I, but I tell you what, maybe I don't know the name. But I know what he's been in. So he's he's um, one half of the two lone swordsmen, mm-hmm. and I know them. So I don't know why he's not. And he's he's, he's done heaps. He's of done heaps. So I don't know why his name hasn't been on my sort of radar. But there's four main producers listed uh, on the album. One's Andrew Weatherall, which mm-hmm. we just talked about. Hugo Nich- Nicholson, Jimmy Miller, and the Orb. Yes, little fluffy clouds. <laughs> So the Orb. I used to love that song. Well, it's a great song, and the Orb just released a new album as well. So they—it's called No Sounds Are Out of Bounds. It's their fifteenth album. They are thirty years still strong. Crazy, wow. but I never knew they produced albums. So um, it was like so. While I was looking into this, it, it did—it did take me down some roads where I was—I like, didn't know enough. So um, the album itself—it's eleven tracks. It's sixty-four minutes. That's a long album. An hour? Uh, Is that 60, a long 64. Album? I think when you look at some of the albums, it does stand out as being one of the longest, and mm. some of their tracks go for ages. Um, so it's 11 tracks, 64 minutes. It charted. Do you know where it charted? Number eight. 
Is that because you read my notes? It's because I did my homework. Why won't you believe me? It's because you read my damn notes. All right, so why didn't it go number one? All right, probably... Too many people like you kicking about, that's why. I was 11. I I had no idea about music at 11. Well, actually, I'll tell you what, maybe I did because we'll look at albums that were actually in the top 10 at that time, right? Okay. Right? All right, you ready? Let me grab my notes here. So what what was number one when they released Screamadelica? was Brian Adams waking up the neighbours. Brian Adams? Brian Adams. Was that the album that has Everything I Do? Was that then? Uh, yes, because he was also number one in the singles That's chart. why. <clears throat> See, See, this is he was number one for like a year, wasn't he? Oh, it was oh, a ridiculous amount of time. That was a Robin Hood thing, wasn't Robin it? Robin Hood, that's the, that's movie. the movie. Yeah, it was on there for it was like a yeah. year. And every time it got n- dropped off, it came back again. Who was Robin Hood again? Kevin Costner? Kevin Costner. I mean, that's ridiculous. They're still releasing He'd never Robin. set foot in Nottingham in his life. <laughs> They're still releasing Robin Hood movies. It was another one that just came out. Um, all right, so let's go through the top ten. So you'll find the theme of that, that sort of um, time frame. So it's number ten. You've got status quo. Do you say status or status? Status quo. Okay, so you've got Rock Till You Drop, The Cult Ceremony. What? Then Scream Delica came in. Um, the Pixies, oh, yeah. Trump Le Monde, uh, Mark Bolin and T-Rex. That must, they were, he was dead. Who are they? Oh, you should not be doing a music podcast. Mark Bolin? Just Google him. Okay. You're not going to like the music. Oh, well, that's why I don't know who they are. He would have been dead by then, so I'm assuming it was a greatest hits. Well, yeah, it was an ultimate collection. There we go. Guns N' Roses, Use Your Illusion. Ah. Paul Young, From Time to Time. Paul Young. Wherever I lay my hand. People are not... One in your singing. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm speaking for the people. Uh, so you've got Use Your Illusion 2. So you've got Guns N' Roses at number five and Guns N' Roses at number three. Yeah, because they had, because one of them, one of the albums has November Rain on it. Uh, and then the other one had, the other one I used to love. Is it Paradise City? No. Or am I too? Wait, yeah, yeah, you wait. Okay, cool. Anyway. Uh, and then number two was On Every Street by Dire Straits and then number one was, was uh, Brian Adams, as I said. Wow. The top ten singles... This this speaks volumes to me. Number ten, what can you do for me by the Utah Saints? The Utah Saints. Yeah, Utah wow. Saints. Number nine, Charlie by the Prodigy. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, Peace by Sabrina Johnston. What is that? Don't know. Everybody free to feel good by Rosala. Wow, I yeah. forgot about that song. Uh, Sunshine on a rainy day by Zoe. Okay. Oh. Right said Fred, I'm too sexy. No way. Was that Seriously. when that was out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad bought that album. <laughs> Your dad bought the right set for Adam. He played it non-stop. Do you think that's where you get it from? Uh, what, his music taste? Yeah. Well, he's he's getting close to 70. And um, his two loves are opera and scooter. Scooter? Yep, loves them. Now, I used to listen to scooter around oh this age. God. And somehow that's transformed into him in retirement. And he loves a bit of scooter. Yeah. They're still touring. They were just here. We're not going. No, 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 no. Uh, Erasure, Love to Hate You. Uh, Insanity by Oceanic. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Come on and take me. Uh, stop singing. Let's talk about Sex, Salt and Pepper and Brian Adams at number one. Quite a lot of dance songs in 1991. Yeah, that's... Uh, right. So let's just pause. Okay. Think about this album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Good point. I see your point. So this is, for me, when I think about Britpop, this is the very beginning. This is the early stages, right? So there were a couple of influences going on. Yeah. So you still had... We talked about the grunge part, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about a couple of awards and things that that album was nominated with for, mm. and who was around about at the same time. Okay, that was the same year mm-hmm. that Nirvana released Nevermind. So we're still in that grunge phase. Okay, we're coming into that sort of Britpop phase, and there's a lot of that dance. There was a lot of the '90s Acid House. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of the Warehouse Parties. Yeah. A lot of those. I feel like Screamadelica was... They were an indie band. Mm-hmm. Bobby Gillespie was in Jesus and the Mary Chain, very mm-hmm. much an in- indie band. Mm-hmm. Met Andy Weatherall. Mm-hmm. Started to merge the two influences. And I think this album, for mm-hmm. me, merge. you can see... Because moving on up is a... It's not your. Tra- it's not no. a dance song. No, not it's not It's a very much could be on an indie album. Mm-hmm. You see the other influences coming in. So I think that's quite um, interesting that those are the songs that were around at the same time. You've still got your 
you know, your international charity ones like Brian Adams and things. Yeah, yeah. Salt and pepper, they're still there. <clears throat> but you can see the influence is starting to creep in. Uh, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Okay, all right. If uh, It still doesn't change my mind on the album, but I, I'm starting to... You may be tr- taking me around that bend a little bit, around appreciating it a little bit more and trying to... I get it. That's not bad. You're, you're doing well. Thanks. Doing well. Thanks. Um, all right, so it was in the charts... For this is a top 100 for almost a year, 50, 50 weeks. That's a hell of an innings for an album. Top for almost a year in the top 100. Um, so this is you talked about the the fact that this really pushed them into the the limelight, got them into the top 10, um, and they won numerous awards and accolades. Do you want to take me through this? I do because you've done your homework. Yeah, so. I've, and I and something really interesting came out of my research when I was doing this. So. <laughs> Um, the very first music, Mercury Music Prize mm-hmm. was awarded in 1992 mm-hmm. and it was for Scream of Delica. Okay. Um, they won that, so I'm keen to get your thoughts on that in a second, but I want to talk you through the other nominees. Go for it. So we had Barry Adamson. I don't know who that yeah. is. Erasure. Obviously not who that wow. is. Ja Wobble. Ja Wobble. He actually remixes on Scream of Delica as well. Does he? We can talk about that later. Okay. And then the Jesus and the Mary Chain. Oh, so his old yes. bands were up for the same... Right. Yep. Well, that's pretty interesting. Um, Baki Mesaluku. you one of the band members in Jesus and the Mary and Gillespie won the award for Primal Screen. You'd be pissed, Well, right? they're just a better band, aren't they? So... Well, okay, go. Yep. Survival of the fittest and all that. Yep. Um, uh, Becky Mesaluku. Okay. Well yep. said. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Saint Etienne. Yep. I know them. Simply Red Stars. Ooh. Okay. And I know that you're making that noise because <laughs> I just want to reflect on a memory. So oh, Kev, no. Kev loves this album. I do. Um, when we were a little bit older and Kev passed his driving test, his first car he drove around and was in the Sin Micra. Yeah. And um, I don't know where we're going with this. Yeah, oh, Simply is. Red. Well, Stars by Simply Red was the cassette that just seemed to always be there. Apparently, it was his mum's. <laughs> it wasn't his mum's. <laughs> um, so, that reaction, I actually didn't prompt him to do that, but no. I can see why now he's thinking, how on earth can Scream Adelica <laughs> beat Stars by Simply Red? <laughs> <laughs> music genius Mick Hucknall oh. Music genius He's a god He isn't You two Achtung Baby Interesting yeah. I love that album Yeah <clears throat> Again I can't say I didn't get into you two Till much later <sighs> See the theme <laughs> <laughs> Difference is I never got into Primal Scream So um, Yeah okay Go ahead um, John Tavener And Steve Azertis No idea who they are. No. And the Young Disciples. So let me ask you this then, because I sort of look at that and I recognise some of the albums, mm-hmm. obviously. Now you've seen this, mm-hmm. do you think st- still think that Primal Screen should have won? Yeah. Even even on YouTube, U2's? On That's the only one I feel that could challenge it. Really? If I'm honest. Okay. Um, to be honest, I don't know Barry Adamson. Okay. Um, simply read, I mean... Yeah, I get that. San Etienne... It's not that particular album, Fox Bass Alpha. I don't know that one because mm. I think they're more their yeah. next album was the one that really yeah. um, pushed them through. But yeah. I think what it sh- what it shows me, and we'll talk about it in the next few episodes, is when you look at who then has now been nominated for the Mercury Music Prize oh. and who wins it. It's like a reading. You can actually here. start to see. The genre come through because yeah. that's just a Agreed. bit scattered for me. I don't know what you could take if you were to say what's the influence you... of music in '91 with oh. that list. You don't know. For me, it's weird because one of my very, very favourite all-time albums was released then as well, and oh. it didn't make it. What was that? Blue Lines by Massive Attack. Ah, oh, why wouldn't that be on the list? Interesting, isn't it? And does so. I've However, got... oh, well, okay, go on. There are more lists. Go on. So enemy. Oh yeah, yeah. Placed Scream of Delica's number three in its best of nineteen ninety one album list. Okay. What do you think number one was? In nineteen ninety one. Yeah. Is it any from the Mercury? Nope. Uh, nineteen ninety one. 
No, no idea. Never mind by Nirvana. Okay, yeah, I would get that. Um, number two mm. was Teenage Fan Club. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then number three was Screamadelica. In the in the top ten, there's a couple of albums that stood out for me as well. So Blue Lines by Massive Attack was in there. You love But that also one. Out of Time by REM. <sighs> Same time. Yeah. Great albums. Okay. Why were they not nominated for them? I don't know what the criteria is, but well, obviously, Blue Lines obviously not being nominated we, is bizarre. Yeah, you're right. And obviously we don't know some of these bands, so maybe we should. Maybe I should do some more homework and go and listen to them. I wish I wish you would do your homework, kid. <laughs> Just because you do your homework for one episode, let's see how this holds. Um, um, look, one thing I do want to talk about is the Mercury Prize, right? So you talked about uh, Britpop influencing that awards mm-hmm. for the remainder of the decade, right? I'm going to read you out some other of that decade's winner, right? See if you can pick which one's the odd one out. Okay. Right? Um, so we've got Suede Suede, yep. right? So that was in 92. Uh, we've got M People, Elegant Slumming. Now, you've got your head in your hands, but let's just keep going. See if there's any more that stick out. Porous Head Dummy. Pulp Different Class. Yep. Ronnie Size, obviously. Oh, I love that. Oh, great album. Gomez, Bring It On. And Talvin Sings OK. So, uh, which one stood out to you? M People. What the heck? What was the other ones in there? Suede. Porous. No, but I mean, the year that M oh, People won it. You, you ready for this? I'm glad you asked that, because I actually checked that. Because I went... Wait a minute, M people? What's that all about? Yeah, so anyway, what I did was I went back. So the M people year had Wildwood. No way. Yep. Park Life. <gasps> and Music for the Jilted nominated. And M people won it. I know you got your head in your head. I, I, I looked at it and I went, that is... So... M people? I, I know. So I listened to it. <laughs> of course you did. Of course I did. So it's like, I'm going to listen. Maybe I'm... Maybe this is an earlier M People album that I just missed and no, it's got One Night in Heaven and Moving On Up on it. You are kidding me. Music for the Jilted Generation. Park Life. Yep. They were all nominated, didn't win. So that's where I question the Mercury Prize Awards. Well I wouldn't when you read the rest. How they found Screamadelica, the one of the year before. Because clearly, picking M people, two years later. I think we need to research what the criteria is like. Is it who who votes? What do you mean? Is it the public? Well, it's not. It's it a, I think it's a panel. They created. I don't know. I remember looking at it, and it's it's a, a self-created award by a bunch of panels because they didn't. What's the other major music awards? Is it the Brits? Yeah. Yeah, they wanted to do their own separate thing to that. Well, oh, yeah, because the Brits is a bit poppy. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like could take that and things. Well, then they go and nominate M people and let it win it. How does that? Anyway, doesn't doesn't matter. Out of those bands, then. Yeah. So when got, M people won it, who would you? I, Wildwood. If I look at the list, I mean, you've got Wildwood, Part Life, and Music. There's other albums, but those three sort of stood out to me. It's got to be Music for the Jilted. hundred percent. I mean, that was to go from Experience to Music to the Jilted. I mean, how uh, insane album! And you know, we're not here to talk about dance music, but we could. But you talked about um, Enemy and, and all that sort of stuff. I tell you what, Screaming Delica got nominated for, for almost everything. Yep. So it was Melody's Makers uh, Album of the Year. It was Select's Album of the Year. In 1996, Select named it the number one album of the 1990s. I mean, Jesus. So, I mean, it was... I, I, and again, this comes back to me going, what am I missing? Why am I... Why does everyone love this album and I don't? Can I tell you what you're missing? Go on. Don't say taste again. You had Simply Red in your car. Oh, you took back... It was my mum's. Um, it was a cassette. I don't think I had You took back the Beatles to the shop. Oh. You come late to the party on a lot of things. <laughs> I feel... I can see what you're saying. It isn't some... It's not an easy listen. It's not at all. So, it's a... I love it because it feels like, for me, it incorporates a lot of what I love about music into an album, right? Yeah. So, um, but it's not probably one that you, you would probably not... Oh, I'll just pop that album on. No, I'm and in the mood for Screamadelica. No, that no one ever said that, surely. But technically and musically, I think, when you think about the tracks on it, I think, and not also that, but the variety of the musical styles in that album as well, it's yeah. moving on up, higher than the sun. I mean, loaded. Uh, uh, yeah, I agree. This is, this is where I think you are onto something, because technically... It is going to stand up more than some of the albums we review, mm-hmm. which will be just a straight, you know, four members in a band, and it's just 
you know, it's a similar sort of music all the way through to the end, right? This, I agree, technically, the work that went into it, the, the difference between the songs, and don't get me wrong, I understand that. I just don't like it, right? So I, I appreciate it. I just don't like it. So let's talk about the songs itself. So okay. before we go through the, the sort of uh, track in the album, let's talk about the singles that they had. Yep. Uh, now, they had three sort of singles, they had Loaded, Come Together and Higher Than The Sun, which is weird because I can't seem to find anything on Moving On Up. Because it was only released in the States. Why? Does anyone know the answer to that? No, I've tried to look into that. It wasn't released here. It was their breakthrough single and breakthrough album in the States. I can understand that because I'm not sure the others... We're talking about Britpop, right? So it was a moment in time in the UK. Yeah. And we were trying if the definition is true, is a result of grunge in the US. Yeah. So if you can imagine, that's how heavily influenced that would be in the US. Higher Than The Sun, mm-hmm. Come Together, mm-hmm. Loaded, mm-hmm. They, wouldn't, they wouldn't have broken through. Moving On Up is the only track on that album that you could probably say is mainstream. Agree. So if you're going to release a single to break into yeah. other countries, well, you're going to release that one. They didn't have to release it in the UK because we were already, it would seem, yep. already down that path. They were attracting people. If you think the rave culture at that time was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you've got people at work taking LSD looking at blobs in the corner, <laughs> you can imagine how big the rave culture was, right? So <laughs> that's the kind of music. And again, people were looking for, for that alternative. And this is very early 90s. This is before the likes of the main Britpop act really took hold. Got it. And when you think about music for the jilted by the Prodigy mm-hmm. being released then, mm-hmm. that was before even electronic or dance music was really making. It was just starting. It was, all of it was just starting. Yeah. And it was starting in the UK. You can hang your hat on that album. Um, so the three songs, Loaded, Come Together and Higher in the Sun, Loaded got to number 16, Come Together got to number 26, and Higher Than the Sun got to number 40. Right, so they didn't chart too well. They're um, not good singles. <sighs> They're not. How do you perform that on top of the pops? We were still in that. You got to think about. You've also got to think about the time back there. I used to get three quid pocket money a week. I'd go and buy myself a CD single. Oh, okay. Right, right. every week. Okay. Boom. I'd get it on a Saturday. I'd nip up to Asda, buy my little single, <laughs> and bring it home. Now people don't. Right, they download tracks. They stream them. We went through this in the last podcast but it's what I think there is they're not probably going to get played on Radio 1 people's access to music was purely from Top of the Pops this is in the UK, Top of the Pop um, hearing it on the radio um, the ITV chart show they weren't listening to it on Spotify it wasn't being streamed Apple Music, whatever it was literally released into the chart whatever was in the charts is what people really had access to. Got it. They're I not understand. singles. They're not standing on top of the pops on a Saturday, banging out Come Together, an mm. eight-minute-long song. Well, this Come Together's interesting, right? So let's go in order, because Loaded was released first, so that went to number 16. I've, so one of the things is I'm, I'm watching their videos, right? And so Loaded is, is pretty generic. It's the band playing in front of what looks like an old Windows 95 screensaver. Very, <laughs> if, if you were to look back at that time frame, that's what a music video would look like. Come Together... It's a bit weird because it's, it's the video that I found is different version to the album. So you talked about um, come together. It's a long song. It's a long and it takes a while to get to the sort yeah. of pinnacle of the end. It builds up and it builds up. The how beautiful is it though? And this is what I have to mention, right? So the, if you go onto YouTube and you find the video, it's a different. It's a guitar-y three-minute version. It's totally different from what makes come together come together, right? But. Right underneath that link on YouTube is the Tea in the Park live version, right? Now, even though I am not the biggest fan of Primal Screen, that video, it gave me goosebumps. The minute I watched, because the crowd, the background, the drum beat, the beautiful He's changing, people, he's changing. And so, Here we go. No, 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 I'm just saying. And so, first of all, if you know why they released a different version of Come Together, let me know. Again, I don't know why they did. But the Tea in the Park version is amazing. Go and watch it. I thoroughly recommend it. It is amazing. Okay, so, um, all right. So, Higher Than The Sun. 
um, was sort of a live performance that was slowed down. It only got to number 40. Um, and like I said, they were the three that they released. And I can see looking at the track listing, it's actually, what would you release? You know, did they pick the right songs or would you have picked something different? Well, this is the thing, right? So this is, I think my point earlier was they're not, it's not an album of singles. It's an album. It's kind of like a journey. It's one of those albums that, it stands up as an album. It's not a collection of singles. Some albums have singles in them. And for me, the only one really, and that's why they released it in the US, would be moving on up because it's accessible. Do you know what I mean? It's upbeat, it's cheery. Yeah. Um, it's a great song. I think I read somewhere, I'm trying to find it in my sort of notes, that the album itself, yeah, I've got it here. It was an interview with Uncut. And Billy said, and this is a quote, we only saw it as an album towards the end. It was just a series of singles, B-sides and remixes, but there were three things that shaped it. First was getting a hit with Loaded. That gave them uh, gave us tons of confidence. Second, Andrew got us to buy an uh, Akai sampler after seeing Andy Weatherall with one. And the third was building our tiny studio in Hackney. So even he is saying, eh, we didn't kind of make it as an album. It sort of just molded its way into one. Which comes back to my point. I don't see it as an album. And maybe my view of an album is different. Um, there are lots of different influences on the album. They're all very different songs. Mm. I get that. But I think... I am interested to see why he thinks they're a collection of singles. Because I don't know any singles that are ten minutes long. No, absolutely not. So that's why I find interesting. But I think in their head, they probably had... Um, those songs in their mind and then when they met I guess with Andy and the pr- production of it they probably just escalated would be my assumption and he would keep adding and adding and adding to it yeah alright so what we'll do let's have a quick listen to the to the album itself um, unfortunately you guys because of copyright we can't play the whole song so we'll play you um, a bit of the song and then me and Les will sort of round back at the end and sort of give our thoughts and then move on to the next song alright so kicking it off uh, moving on up is the first song on the album. Uh, let's have a listen. Alright, moving on up. You were bopping away to that. Love it. And to be honest, I was too. Like Out of 10, is, what would you give it? I think it would be up there because it's a great... Oh, an 8? Maybe, what? maybe a nine. Like it's hard. It's a good. It's a. He doesn't good, like the album. No, it's a, and that's the that's the problem. That song is a great song, and it's a great introduction to that album. I, I don't. Th- I, I doubt there's anyone who doesn't like that song, and it's a perfect positioning to kick off the album. It's immediately after that things get a bit wonky for me. <laughs> but um, you know, my comments. I've got you know, this is classic. It's upbeat. Um, remember when you know I sort of said that uh, an album needs a great intro song. This is a great intro song. Yes. When that guitar hits, it's brilliant. Did you know Bobby Gillespie was interviewed at NME and he said this song was originally meant to be like a slow gospel oh. ballad type song, but Curtis Mayfield, but like that. Okay. Um, but then... Well, I'm glad they changed it. Yeah, and then it became... Because the rest of the album has got that sort of slow pieces, but that is It does have that gospel vibe to it, doesn't it? You kind of just want to raise your hands, don't you? And just clap. (laughs) I would. Well, we didn't... Yeah, I I agree. I I can see where that comes from, and even the words. Yeah, true, true. Look, I actually... I don't have a bad word to say about this song. I actually think it's a really, really good song. Mm. Um, But again, it didn't release it. So, I, I, you know, you talked about the, the US and, and trying to break that and they were already established in the UK, so maybe that's why. But, look, great song, great introduction to an album. Good to go. Can I pick the next song that we're going to listen to? Because I want to hear your comments on it. Oh, so we're not going to... Okay, so we're not going to go through each one? Boring. Okay, all right. Well, let me sort of go through... What, what are you skipping to? Hmm? What, what song are you going to? I think we'll go to... No, we'll do Slip Inside This House. It's number two. I want to hear what you say about that, but then there's a couple that I want to go through. Okay. Um, particularly right. to hear your thoughts. Let's go into Slip Inside the House. It sounds like this. Alright, I'll give you that. It's, a, it's, it's actually, it's catchy beat. I quite like the change in pace and I really like the piano riff that comes in. 
Not bad is my sort of take on that song. Out of ten. Oh, we're not going to do this for every single one. I. It's all right. Six or six, six or seven. Maybe you're. Maybe I'll meet in the middle at six point five. Whatever. I just don't think it's that great. I think it's all right. I think that song, in my mind, that would be on a single, as a B side. You know what I mean? It would sit on that moving up single release, and that would be one of the bonus tracks. Wow. No. It's one of my favourite on the album. Really? Yep. Okay. I mean, moving on up feels like it could be on a different album. I think we've established Cla- it. Established yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. If I think about the right, and we'll come to the others. Yeah. Slip Inside This House for me, I just, I love, like what you said, the piano rift. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I love the beat to it, mm-hmm. the lyrics. Um, yeah, it's one of my favourites on the album. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, let's move it on. Don't fight it. Feel it. It's sort of another dancey sort of electronic kind of one I like it when the beat hits it's got a decent piano rift again um, and the one thing I will say every time it's a long song every time I think I'm like oh this is getting repetitive and I'm about to turn it or, or skip it it brings in a new layer which I go ah not bad so look again different vocals the female vocals mm. I mean how catchy is that great that's, that was good. Yeah, no, I, I, look, it's again. I whistle that for the rest of the day once I've heard that song. Really? Does that not stick in your head? No, nope, absolutely not. So, uh, wow. again, Tough crowd. not bad. All right. Higher Than the Sun is track number four. You know what? I. It's all right. It's not great. And, I, and I've actually wrote meh until the horns kick in at the end. Then it sort of gets a bit better. But again, not that great. Can we skip straight to. Are you going to make me skip the bad tracks? Because that's what this sounds like. No, we're going to skip to come together. All right, so I tell you what, let's go higher than the sun. I've gone meh. Uh, in our flight, I've just wrote boring in capital letters there. It's not the best song of the album, we'll give it that. But I get right, okay, all right, so let's get to come together. Um, it's just from there, right, it's a great song, all right? It goes like this. Um, it does take a while to get going, I feel. No, you kind of feel that it's it's the right. I mean, it's like seven minutes. I think it takes for the for the horns to sort of kick in. But once it gets going, that song is. I absolutely love that song. Okay, so yeah. well, I'm saying it's in a pass on here, right? So we've spoken about now one, two, six three, songs. six songs, and you liked five out of six. No, 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 no. Moving on up, I liked. Slip Inside, I said, was average. Don't fight it, feel it. Average. Higher than the sun, meh. And Inner Flight, boring. Right. Where are you getting the fact that You I didn't like... like Inner Flight, but they're in high. You don't like Higher Than The Sun. I've said it was meh. I, again, it's it's all right. But you're giving these songs... I feel like you like these songs. It's the ones that you don't like are clouding your judgment of the whole album. But isn't that the whole point of an album? You're but supposed I, to like it end but to end. You're carrying on like right. Okay, I don't know if we've covered this off yet, and this is probably a good time. Okay. What did you give it out of ten? What was your overall rating for this? Uh, we haven't covered this. I and I have ratings regret. So wow. Let me just check my rating because I what did I give it? I didn't give it a great rating. Uh, I actually give it a six and a half, <laughs> right? Which is your favourite rating, and actually, I wish I'd given less than that. Because then I wouldn't have to listen to this album and talk about it today. And what did I give it? You give it seven. Yeah, see. Which means I but, like it. And, and to be fair, your your rating scale, because people will be going, God, Les likes this album, but yeah, she gives it a seven out of ten. Can I quickly explain my rating scale? Just okay. so people understand. Please do. So, for me, out of ten, how I think about it, five, anyth- from five and below, I hate it. Like, it's rubbish. Yeah, I agree. It's less than average. Yeah, yeah. Once you get above... If you get to six, it's an average album. Six and a half, a little bit above average. When I get to seven and above, mm-hmm. I like the album. Then it's about how much do I like that album. So seven, I like the album. Eight, whoa, amazing album. Yeah. Nine, off the charts. Yeah, ten. yeah. So why was this a seven? If because you... I like it. It isn't my favourite out of all of the ones that we're going to talk about mm. by any stretch. Yeah. But what I love about the album yeah. is the fact of when it was released, the sounds that it brought in, mm-hmm. the fact that it brought a lot of different types of music into the mainstream, 
I do like the fact it sounds a bit experimental. Yeah. It's not the al- it's not your normal type of album. Yeah. And for and there are we'll talk about them. There are some songs that are not great. Yeah, yeah. But the other ones for me are just outstanding. All and right. that's what raised my rating. All right. Well, let's fly through the remainder of the yeah. tracks, right? So come together. My final note on that. I get the journey that that song takes you on, right? I get it. And I already talked about the live version, at in the park, which was goosebumps. Um, Loaded, track seven's Loaded. Great song. It's a great song, goes like this. Uh, I've put, yep, like this, classic. I bopped all the way through this. Uh, Track eight, Damaged. Didn't mind this, his voice though. Not a fan then. Did you, is that one of the songs that you didn't like either? No, I don't mind that one. Um, I don't particularly... Yeah, Inner Flight isn't... I'm not a fan of that particular one. Mm-hmm. Um, Damaged, I don't mind it. It's certainly not my favourite. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Coming Down, which from memory is the next track I'm not a fan of. Uh, can you see my notes, what I've written about I'm Coming Down? Read that out. God awful. There you go. That's what I thought about that. Wow. Uh, higher than the sun, a dub symphony in, in in two parts. What's my note say about that one? Just terrible again. Yeah, just terrible again. Gosh. What did you think of that one? I... Is this where you is this where you start to lose a little bit in the album as well? A little def- bit. Yeah, because I think they re- like because that's a remix of it. So I don't know if it necessarily it should be in there. Yeah. I mean, first of all, a remix. Uh... And is it in all the versions of the album? I'm not sure. It's a good question. I mean, it's definitely the one um, I was listening to this off off Spotify, and um, it was it was the top eleven there. So uh, it ends on "Shine Like Stars." Now, can you read my notes on that one? Horrendous. Who? No, I'm not saying that. Why are you not saying it? Because we're not using the word "hurrah." <sighs> we just used it. You're not seventy-five. That is true. But my point is, and I always I always feel a bit lost when I don't get an, a big sounding uh, last song. Uh, this. Uh, definitely isn't that yeah I agree right? so here's I actually feel you've sort of come to my level a little bit here that there are some great songs on here but there are some pretty bad ones here as well I don't think they're bad I don't think I think that you've come more towards me we've only got 0.5 of a difference which is interesting I know, in the way that you carried on at the beginning I know and that's again I have ratings regret so I think when I first listened to this album, when you compare it against, you know, when we had to listen to, what was it, 184 albums or whatever, this album, you'll see that in my ratings, I kind of like albums that are a little bit different to the norm. Um, this obviously was very, very different to some of the other albums. I was, and I, I think that's why at first listen I gave it that rating. I wish to God I'd gone back and corrected it. However, I will say you have enlightened me a little bit about the music at this time and why I should appreciate this album a little bit more. Thank you. Um, To wrap it up? Well, what I wanted to do was sort of... I I found, and don't get me wrong, there are a busloads of positive reviews, right? What I want to do is read one negative review. One? One. Just one. And I will concede... It's extremely hard to find anything damning about this album, right? Okay. And I'm not going to go through the, the sort of accolades, but a lot of the, the quotes are around this album being timeless. Uh, timeless. Um, you can't overestimate the importance of this album. Like, very, very positive, strong. And it is timeless, right? Because what I love about it, that's one of the other things, Just that's actually just come into my head, yep. is the fact that you... You know how you listen to an album and you go, that was definitely the 80s, yes. or that was definitely the 90s, yes. or that was definitely the 60s? You wouldn't, I don't think you could go, oh, that was definitely a 90s album if you heard it for the first time. So I can see why it's timeless. I can see that. It could have been released anytime. Yeah, I agree. I do agree with that. All right. So it's a classic, timeless album. Can you just repeat after me? No, no. Timeless album. Classic, timeless uh, no, 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 no. album. Timeless album. Classic, <laughs> timeless. Let's expand album. on that because there are some albums that we have gone to listen to. That have not been timeless, mm-hmm. and what we loved back then doesn't hold up twenty years later. And 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 we will probably talk to those. I agree with your point, right? Um, let me read this negative review. It's the only one I could find. Um, it's off Amazon. It's by a guy called Charlie OST, uh, and I've wrote in reply to another negative review, and it was just a one liner, so it's not worth reading. But it's like he's talking to me, Kevin. You ready? Great. When this first came out, a friend told me that I should just buy it. 
That's probably what you would do. 100%. It, it was just so good. So I bought a copy and put it on. And by track three, I was wondering if it would actually come to some point, take off and surprise me. By track five, having sat through the repeating whistle track, the... I love that one. Having sat through, I actually started to hate this. I was seriously beginning to dislike this album. So I let it run through, gave it a few days, tried again, and still didn't like it so much that I took it back to Cobb Records in Parth, my dog. I can't even say that, I apologise. Was this actually you, or you just pretend to be Charlie Lost? <laughs> I didn't buy this album, and traded it in. As ladies and gentlemen, we are, gentlemen, we are floating in space by spiritualized shows how something like this could be done. Oh. Sc- wait, Screamadelica is just a repetitive dirge. So the other day, so I was Charlie Ost. Oh, so the other day, I saw it in the library and thought I would give it another try after nearly quarter of a century, and it still sounds rubbish. I am totally baffled as to what the fuss is all about, and how even now it is still getting rave reviews. It's just so mediocre. I'm in total agreement with the person before. That makes two of us, and I suspect there are many more who saw through the hype. Your thoughts? You are. I mean, I know you're sunburnt, but you're you're red with anger. Yeah, um, yeah, I just yeah. I saw. Don't get me wrong. I had to go through a lot of reviews to find someone's talking negatively about this album, um, and it's just. I think if you sort of summarise, it's kind of where I'm at, where I just don't understand the hype. That's it. Does the fact that you don't understand it make it a bad album? Because this this is the thing. This is what the what I'm seeing here is. You like a lot of the tracks on the album. Yeah. Some you like more than others, granted. Yep. There are some you hate, that's fine. Yep. But you don't understand how it works as an album. It has that clouded your judgement about the songs on the album and what you feel about it. Because what I'm hearing from you is, oh, I don't get it, I don't understand it. I'm not asking you to understand it. I'm just asking you, do you like the majority of songs on this album more than the ones that you don't? I think you've helped me understand this album a bit better mm-hmm. in terms of appreciating it. Um, but it doesn't it still doesn't change my opinion of the album um, like don't get me wrong so to give you to put a point the songs I like I added to our Spotify playlist right so the the moving on up they come together loaded all in there the rest of the album is not getting near that playlist alright it's gone which I think for me there's three or four songs that I like and the rest are just I don't get it um, did you ever see this album live have you ever seen Primal Scream I have seen them where live. have you seen them I saw them live at Teen the Park Oh Yep When? Oh So it would have been Well I hadn't left 97 or 8 Right okay I'd have to look Yeah because it was like One of the first team in the parks Right okay And I saw them live in Glasgow Before I came here Are they here. good live? Very Okay Alright well, I mean Bobby Gillespie You know how I said You asked me last week What do you think Yeah um, Makes a great Great Britpop album yep. and I talked about a front person that's true does it get more iconic than Bobby Gillespie I'm not sure I get the front man thing I mean even in, the, in the live yeah exactly it does help and even even me watching some of the YouTubes and stuff like that you, he is a, a great front man of a band and they're talented musicians and I they think are. that's the other thing yeah, that's, that's another like. thing um, and if you and, and I would recommend that you listen to the Jesus and the Mary Chain because we came to I'll go back yeah. alright well I'll tell you what you go and listen to the albums in the sort of last year and a half and we'll yep. compare them against my ratings Done. and how many six and a halves you give Done. I'll go back and I'll listen to Jesus and the Mary Chain and we'll report back in the next episode um, let's wrap it all up um, so Primal Scream are still going very very strong today they're on Twitter at Scream Official they have their own website PrimalScream.net which is a good website um, they are here uh, sorry they were here in February so this year, yeah, really? they were, yeah, they were here. I think they were touring the 25th anniversary of an album, but we missed them. So, um, however, in saying that though, you've converted me some sort, somewhat. Boom! I would go and see them live with you. Yes. There you go. Because after watching that clip and then ta- hearing, I, I would love to see your passion seeing them live as well. Yeah. Uh, all their albums are on Spotify. Um, go to Amazon if you want to buy their album. There is, and let me get your opinion on this. There is a collector's edition of this album. Yep. Vinyl, DVD, CD box set, £120. Why didn't you get me that for my birthday? <sighs> £120? You bought me a record I already had. Yeah, well, that wasn't my fault. All right, You let's... could have bought me that. <sighs> no. Put your hand in your pocket, please. I'm not buying you that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> £120 for a collector's edition of that album. 
let us, if you've got that, if you actually own that, if you've parted with your own hard cash for that, let me know what you think of it. Are you happy spending £120? Was it worth it? What's the additional content? Let us know. All right, we're done. That was a long one, I think because we have different opinions on the album. We still don't see eye to eye on it, but I get. I think you've converted me somewhat yes. to appreciating them more, which is what we set out to do. Um, do you have anything else to sort of add before we wrap up? Um, no. Not really. I feel that that's been a good... I really think, in terms of the first album we talk about in this podcast, I love the fact that it actually fired us both up in terms of how we felt about it. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting information around... You know, Primal Scheme is a band and that album. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am a, I am glad that it made the top 50. Good. So I am I'm happy about that and I'm, I'm glad I got the chance to talk about it. Good. Um, and I look forward to whatever the next album may be. Ah, good setup. Thank All you. right, the next album. And this is going to be another fiery episode, I feel, because we don't see uh, eye to eye on this one. Oh, no. Oh, don't calm down. It's not that bad. All right, so the next album, number forty-nine. I can see you. I can see you cringing already. Yeah, I'm scared. Don't be scared because it's an album I really like. I That's like, why I'm scared. Okay, this is an album I like. I don't think you like it as much. Okay. I bet you a tenner you gave it a six or six and a half out of okay. ten. Uh, it is Dub Star, disgraceful. Thought, initial thoughts. I feel that that is disgraceful. That it's above Primal Scream. I think. I really like this album and um, I know I didn't rate it too highly which kind of tells me that you must have rated it half decent as well because there's some really good songs on there and people may go well why the hell is that in the, the, either the top 50 and why are they Britpop but they are they had some anthems on there for me so I'm looking look why really... are they Britpop I want you to convince me next episode why you think they're Britpop that's your challenge you gave me a challenge last time that's my challenge to you done how is the elevator song Britpop that's an interesting one because that's one of my least favourite songs I want you to tell me that and I explain to me and that was one of their singles yeah. I just don't know why they released that nah. but uh, you know Not So Manic Now is a great song it stood out um, and Stars great song right Not Simply Red Dub Star mm, um, I think you're getting confused with Mick Hucknell <laughs> <laughs> I've got him on the head alright so, um, so that's next week's album that'll be fun because I know you're going to rip me to shreds on that one but um just closing, any feedback, thoughts, opinions, uh, you know, send your hate mail to me if uh, you love this album Definitely and I don't get it. it. On the flip side, please, if you do, if you don't get this album either, I found it really hard to find people who sort of stood with me, apart from uh, what's my man Charlie OST on Amazon. <laughs> that was it. Um, but if you don't like this album, you don't get it, send it, I'll read it out. Um, plugs again at Britpop Banter. Uh, we've got a Facebook page and we've got Britpop Banter at gmail.com. Uh, that's it. Anything else? Any final thoughts? That's it from me. Cool. All right, guys. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, we'll see you next week when we talk about Dubstar. Great. Yes! <laughs> All right, bye, guys. Bye. Share.